Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Streaming Science Podcast. Streaming Science is a student-driven program that works to connect you with scientists to learn how science impacts all of us in our everyday lives. I'm Amber Kidd, a fourth-year agriculture education and communications major at the University of Florida, and I'll be your hostess. The following episode was made in partnership with the University of Florida's Department of Agriculture, Education, and Communication and UF IFAS Dean of Research Office. In the following interview, I spoke with Jacqueline O'Neill, a current Agriculture Education and Communications PhD student at the University of Florida. We talked about her background, research, the challenge with science communication, and how her podcast, From Urban to Ag, works to address these challenges. Through this podcast, I hope you gain insight into Jacqueline's research and an overall sense of how scientists are moving forward to create new and unique solutions to address Hello, current global and issues. Thank you for being here today with me. I guess to get started, just tell me a little bit about who you are, what you like to do, and where you're from. Yeah. Uh, my name is Jacqueline Ayenje. I am a doctoral candidate at the University of Florida, specializing in agricultural communications. Um, I am originally from California, the Bay Area of California, so just south of San Francisco. Um, my background, I actually went to my undergrad and did my master's in California at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. So studied dairy science, then actually studied um, agricultural education and then I'm here. Uh, things I like to do, I don't know, grad students don't tend to have a lot of hobbies or free time. <laughs> so I uh, love to read, I play soccer, love animals, um, and yeah. Gotcha. Um, would you say you've always been interested in your current major or what's brought you to? No. Yeah, no. Um, so, like I said, I was born and raised right by San Francisco, so like a very urban area. So, it definitely, I did not foresee myself going into agriculture at all because there wasn't wasn't talked about no 4-H, no FFA, nothing of that sort. Um, but it kind of found me. My current, I was, is it called a major in a PhD? <laughs> uh, my current discipline kind of found me. Um, I thought I was gonna be a veterinarian actually, and then I just realized that my strengths are more in helping scientists share information and um, communicating with public audiences and working with technology and students, so. That's yeah. funny, I wanted to be a vet too. I was an animal science major and switched over to AEC. Yeah. So it's very yeah funny that we had the same idea and then both ended up not doing it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what type of research work are you working on for your PhD right now? Yeah, so um, probably a little bit different than some of the other people interviewed for this series, but I'm a social scientist. Um, so I actually just did my dissertation, which was on, um, I looked at very broadly, I looked at podcasting as an instructional communication technology. So how people use science podcasts to talk about food, agriculture, natural resource, human sciences. Um, so I definitely consider myself part of that kind of human science dimension. Um, and other than that, I work a lot with, once again, podcast technology. We've done some work with VR and um, other ways to incorporate digital media into classrooms and into outreach. And what made you want to specifically do that research? You know, it's actually funny. I, once again, would not have anticipated studying this in my PhD. It was not what I came into my PhD planning to research. Um, it found me. So I started my own podcast called From Urban to Agriculture in my master's um, as part, part of my master's like culminating project. Um, and then continued that here at UF. And for some reason, like fast forward two years being at UF, people just started calling me the podcast person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I uh, started 
uh, right now I'm the graduate teaching assistant for the podcasting to increase science literacy course and I've been doing that for three semesters now so it just found me and seemed like a really intuitive natural leap for my research and what do you love the most about your research Hmm. The people I get to work with, um, a lot of, I do a lot of qualitative interviews for my research. And then once again, I'm working with podcasters. So it's all about interviewing and networking and meeting new people and scientists from all different backgrounds. So uh, I get to learn something new every day from various disciplines through the people that I interview. That's cool. What, where does the problem occur in science communication to the public, do you think? Mm, that's an excellent question. Um, I'm sure you get a lot of different answers. Yeah. I think the first problem starts early on in how youth are introduced to science and how they're introduced to science careers. Uh, I know I, I can't speak for kids nowadays, but when I was a kid, way back when, um, you know, once again, science is labs. Right, it's labs and beakers and Bunsen burners and pipettes, which are fun. Um, I also was personally, I felt often like very defeated in science courses. They're not taught to be, you know, they're kind of that pass or fail feeling. There's a lot of failure in it. Um, instead of making it like this fun, immersive, collaborative project that is science. So I think the first issue starts with how science is introduced in youth. Um, and we see that as we get older, if you look at people that come to undergrad, or adults, we start forgetting like some of the key principles about the nature of science and the scientific method and how it works. So I think that creates a level of distrust. A lack of understanding leads to distrust in science, which makes communicating it hard because uh, we're fighting these barriers of not just using the right technology and sharing a cool story and relevant information. We're also battling these misconceptions and mistrust and misinformation that people have. Gotcha. How do you collect data and track your progress nope. through your research? I probably don't do a great job of tracking progress. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. <laughs> I think that's an area I've tried to be a little bit better about keeping track of the progress of all of my projects, right? Because they're all at different phases. Um, so how I collect data, I mean, in science communication research in general, there's a lot of different ways. There's like dial technology. Um, if people look at more like information processing, so like how people receive and react to like, let's say, a commercial, right? Mm -hmm. There's different technology that you're going to use for that than what I would use. So once again, I just study the lived experiences of people and I feel like the best way to look at that is to listen and collect those stories directly from the source. So like I said, I use mostly a lot of interviews. In the past, we've used some arts-based research methods. So um, a fun project we did, it actually was just published, so I can talk about it <laughs> more, more specifically. Um, we created this program through Streaming Science. Clearly, the people listening to this episode will be familiar with <laughs> Streaming Science. We do these electronic field trips, and we took um, the class out to a research forest and gave a live stream, basically field trip experience. So um, elementary school classrooms, not zoomed in, but they live streamed in mm -hmm. uh, and could quote unquote meet the scientists, ask them questions and things of that nature. And then we had them draw. So before the program, we had youth draw a forest. What do you see? What does it look like? And they would draw a campfire and a tent and a monkey and things of that sort. And then after the program, we asked them the same question, same prompt, draw a forest. What does it look like? What do you do there? How do you feel in it? Um, and they drew the actual scientists. We had a female researcher 
who worked with snakes and we saw her in the drawings with snakes around her and things of that nature or we saw fire like the entire page colored red mm -hmm. <laughs> fire to show prescribed burning so that was a fun method that we used in research before but like I said normally it's interviews but every so often we like to mix it up and use some of these fun um, more innovative methods uh, in our research. It's cool to have a variety of ways to look at it it's not just like Science. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Science. There's no like one way to do science. Yeah. So. And tell us about. Well, I guess you already told us about your podcast, but did you choose it only to start it because of school, or do you think you would have pursued it without school? Yeah. Um. That's a really good question. I think. I think the school I was at definitely supported and facilitated the development of it for two reasons. Access to technology. I did use some of, I was at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, um, and I was able to use some of um, like my teacher has some extra equipment, like a USB microphone. Um, so that was helpful, right? And they had a recording space, a room that they let me use. So that was really helpful. I wouldn't have been able to like use a microphone or have the same setup. The other thing is that we have the unique privilege of being at a university that is surrounded by experts in every discipline at all times, right? Both at Cal Poly and now at the University of Florida, there's an abundance of people I can interview about any topic. Um, and I already have a kind of direct connection to them through being at a university, so that was helpful. But, you know, the reason I started my podcast was I was getting my master's in agriculture education. And once again, I do not come from, most people in that program come from more directly an agricultural background. Um, and we were talking about, I was taking an adult learning and a critical thinking class. And so what we know about that is, you know, as adults, like we need to have a flexible learning format. We have a lot of things going on in our lives. And if we're seeking informal education, and what that means is just like podcasts, right? Things that are not a traditional classroom. Um, we need them to be relevant. So I just felt like there wasn't an opportunity for people like me from my background, from an urban or suburban area, to safely get agricultural information. And what I mean by safely is, I don't know if, if, if someone else listening to this could relate to this, but as someone not from ag, going into an agricultural program that has a lot of people that are like many generations into ag, mm -hmm. um, it can be daunting, right? You, you can be afraid to ask questions because there's a lot of judgment if you don't understand like, how is milk produced? Yeah. Like, you know, like, or like, you know, what are the life stages of a beef cow? Like how old, are, I, I don't even know, like how old are they? How long do they live? What, what kind of plant does a chili pepper grow on? Like things like that are valid questions mm -hmm. that you wouldn't know, but it can be really hard to ask someone who's lived it their whole life and might have judgment. So I made my podcast to try to be that almost judgment-free space. Ask any question to me anonymously, and I will go out and do an interview with an expert in that field to answer it. So to kind of break down that wall or maybe fear that people might have about asking questions about food and agriculture. That's cool that you're being like the mediator between like the public that between the scientists and the public so that they can get those questions answered without feeling judged. Yeah, yeah, I try. Well, you do a good job. Thank you. <laughs> uh, what are your career plans after graduating? When are you expected to graduate? Okay, well, I'm expected to graduate in just over a month. 
That's exciting. I know. <laughs> it's surreal. It's surreal. Uh, so yeah, April 28th, I graduate. I'm currently on the, on the job market, um, but I've been applying to both faculty positions and industry. So I would love to be an educator in some which way or form. Um, so I am applying to tenure track faculty roles as agricultural communication um, assistant professors, but uh, also looking at different outreach opportunities at an industry level or advocacy, because a lot of agricultural education and communication directly translates to advocacy skills for the industry. So keeping my options open, hopefully by the time that this episode airs, I will have uh, accepted a job offer somewhere and can um, update everyone <laughs> yeah <laughs> sounds like you got some exciting things happening yeah between all of that your podcast school do you have any time for like hobbies or relaxing or like <laughs> <laughs> I know you said grad students don't really have hobbies <laughs> so <laughs> yeah um I stick by that statement <laughs> grad students definitely don't have hobbies but um like I said, I, I do soccer. I was actually in the choir here at UF for a while and then COVID hit and I just never ended up going back because my program got a little bit too impacted. Yeah. Um, what else do I do? No, that's about it. Read, my dogs, take care of those. <laughs> uh, sing sometimes and then play soccer on Sunday. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Busy, busy life. Always, <laughs> always. Right. Well, I guess that wraps up everything. Thank you for doing the podcast with me today. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Streaming Science Podcast. Make sure to follow and reach out to us on Facebook at Streaming Science, Twitter at Streaming Science underscore SCI, and the Instagram at Student Streaming Science exclamation point. I'm your host, Amber Kidd. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit the links in the show notes.